Thanks for tuning in to the Boiler Express podcast. Join us each week as we dive into all things Purdue sports. You'll hear in-depth analysis of our previous and upcoming games, as well as interviews with players and people involved in the Purdue sports fandom. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and YouTube for our live stream shows as well. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Boiler Express podcast. This is the first episode of 2023. Um, actually, our first episode back since, I think, December 20th. So um, we're all excited to be back here. We are missing a couple guys tonight. Um, Frank and Dylan just are unfortunately under the weather, battling some, some illnesses, some uh, unfortunately some kidney stones. Sounds like um, the whole but, state right now. Right. <laughs> Everybody I know is sick right now. Yeah. Um, but they'll be back soon, hopefully. Uh, I know they were both really looking forward to tonight, getting to hang out with Trevor. Um, but we'll have him back on here next week um, for a- another great episode. Um, but super excited to, to be on here tonight with all of you guys. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about. Um, we're going to briefly touch on the uh, Citrus Bowl. We're, we'll, we'll briefly touch on Purdue basketball as uh, <laughs> as uh, as we uh, since we last met as well. You know, talk about the the stretch between A and M all the way up to uh, Penn State uh, the other night. Um, Purdue football coaching and recruiting news, um, and we've also got a great guest with us on tonight. We've got Trevor Pete- uh, Trevor Peters, uh, Purdue media relations guy. Um, he's been around Purdue for a while now, and uh, we just thought it'd be a great person to have on the podcast to kind of give us a perspective of things that we may not know about or get to see and kind of what the what that side of things is like. Um, so really excited to have Trevor on here. Trevor, we're, we're super stoked to, to have you on here, and uh, yeah, we're ready to go. Thank you very much for having me. It's, it's an honor and uh, means a lot you asked me. We'll see what I have to share. I'm probably not going to be as uh, interesting as Mr. Mulvey was, but uh, I, I really appreciate you having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, something else I forgot to, to mention as well, and the reason I'm unfortunately holding a spoon, is that um, uh, after our December 20th episode, we decided we we're at 246 followers uh, on our Twitter account. And we said, hey, if we can get to 300 by the time this episode airs, We'll we'll drink hot sauce uh, <laughs> throughout the entire episode, and I and I said, you know, 246, we might get there by uh, January 10th. We might get close, probably not, uh, but we might get there. And then we got there in two days. We got there by like <clears throat> December 22nd or something like that. It it was crazy how how quick that changed. Um, so first off, I guess thank you uh, for everybody that's that's followed and joined along and has been listening. Uh, we really, really appreciate appreciate you guys, but also um, you suck because out of all the choices we gave you, we let you, we we were gonna let our wives draw on our faces. We were going to dump ice water on ourselves. We were even gonna wear IU apparel on this episode, and you chose hot sauce. Um, Thanks so, for putting uh, that out there, Damon. Appreciate you yeah. having that. Yeah, in my- <laughs> yeah I uh, I didn't think through all these choices here, but um, I'm glad we talked about that before we started doing it. Right. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so every 15 minutes, uh, we're going to be taking a spoonful or these guys have shot glasses uh, of hot sauce. And so before we get anything and get into anything else, let me go ahead and pull up my timer here. And, uh, there's one on the screen. Oh, there's one on screen. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Well, I've got one up in the top left corner. Okay, perfect. All right. Yeah, I don't even need to worry about that then. Okay. So um you guys uh, i think your shots are already ready to go but let me oh god that was a lot 
Um, <laughs> get mine. I'm so dude. My you I better was load it up, man. You're the reason we're doing this. You better yeah, do two spoonfuls. I was get. I had major bubble gut uh, before we all hopped on here. I was very nervous. Yeah, very. Trevor, nervous. if you have some in your fridge, feel free to join us. Too, yeah, man. you're wow. more than welcome to guess, join in. Guests don't have to do this, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, that oh, was yeah surprise. Well, you, uh, you do. I almost poured myself a glass of bourbon, but you guys, because you said you said you started to say a shot. Like, oh, okay, we're have some some, uh, some fun on well, this. I won't. I won't turn down a glass of bourbon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I'll stick away from the hot sauce. That's you guys. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I forgot I put that in the contract I sent over to him before. Uh, is it yeah. weird if I chase hot sauce with bourbon? That just sounds like it's going to burn all the time. That sounds absolutely <laughs> awful. Yeah. 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 Okay. So well, going to work uh, before we get into our, our questions with Trevor here, uh, boys, get your, you've got your shots <laughs> ready. I've got my spoonful ready yeah. here and uh, we'll go like ahead. Two and... drops in there, Damon. Come on. Yeah. Okay, fine. <laughs> I'll, I'll add some more uh, on here. Let me. If you can sure. tell, Trevor, this isn't a very organized broadcast yeah. right now. <laughs> what what has he done what he's like what have i done yeah i told you i was gonna i told you i was gonna pour hot sauce all over my desk and it's already i've got two spots yeah, on here, but, all right boys here we go bottoms up cheers oh man <coughs> who has bad decision oh, my oh man <coughs> that had a lot more punch than i thought it was gonna be and i feel like unfortunately that 15 minutes is gonna go by a lot quicker than what i hoped for well let's get this going yeah trevor uh again appreciate you being on here tonight uh, excited to, to get to talk to you and everything um so uh was just checking out some stuff before uh we had john here tonight and i was looking at your twitter profile because i was gonna send you, i was sending you the questions that we had for tonight and i saw uh one of the things on there was talking about uh the price is right and uh i believe let me pull it back up here so i get it correct um but price is right car loser. so i i didn't know that you were on the price right so i would love to to know more about that yeah it's um so when i was a kid growing up my it was my favorite show and and i, I grew up in, in just northeast side of indianapolis and so at 11 o'clock in the morning it would be let's make a deal 12 o'clock would be the price or, or 10 o'clock would be let's make a deal 11 o'clock price is right 12 o'clock the noon news and uh, growing up when I was a kid, I would, uh, if I was homesick from school or over the summers, I'd, uh, I'd make it my ritual every day to watch Let's Make a Deal, The Price is Right, and then the new news. And, I, and that's kind of how I, I fell in love with, with news and broadcast journalism. But um, I'd, always, I'd always watch Bob Barker and The Price is Right. And so I, and growing up, I, my parents knew that. And so they, they told you had to be 15 years old to be on The Price is Right. And uh, they promised me when I turned 18 for my birthday, they'd take me out there. So that was, uh, when I, gosh, it was 20, I went out there in 2015, I was 20 at the time. They waited a couple of years. Um, and we did, uh, we did Let's Make a Deal and Price is Right. Um, and it's free tickets. So if you're ever in LA, if you're ever in Southern California, go, you can go online and request them. It's in I didn't know they were free. That's awesome. That's cool. And, and all the, so how it works is um, you get in line and you have a, every person has a 15 second interview with a producer. And if these, these producers have been interviewing people for years and they, they know who's going to be good 
a good contestant, however they act, what, what they what they do, what they say. So I had my interview with the um, with the producer. Told him I was a producer student. Told him uh, I I carved or scheduled classes around uh, around the prices right every day so I could watch. Uh, I had a picture of me as a baby watching watching Bob Barker, and uh, I was the first thing called when, when they started running the show. So it was. Uh, Wild. Um, I played for two bikes to get on the stage, so you have the or uh, you have to bid on, on the the prize to get on stage. So uh, there's two Schwinn bikes for seven hundred and fifty four dollars, and I bid uh, I think seven twenty five. I, I was about twenty. I was like twenty five bucks under, um, and got on stage and played for. They opened up the. The curtain there, and it was a, a Volkswagen Beetle. It was one of the new, the new looking ones, kind of funky looking, but it was it was a car. And so, I had uh, known most of the games um, just from watching for years, but this was it was the first time they played it. It was a brand new game called the Card Game. Long story short, I was I bid way over and um, lost the car. I went to spin on the wheel. First spin was a nickel. Second spin with a dollar, so I went over. I was down there. So, but I have two pair of uh, I have a pair of bikes here that uh, really, really nice bikes. I can fly around, and uh, that's, that's my Price Is Right, Price Is Right winning. So I did lose a car. Price Is Right, but um, yeah, that, that's that's a fun story. If you can never go, it is an awesome experience, and and they run it. They run it in uh, if, if the show is an hour on air on when you what, what you're watching on TV and they tape it like you're watching the show so they'll take a three and a half minute commercial break where the commercial breaks are and oh, cool. Carey was cool Wayne Brady was cool let's make a deal so it was fun nice wow. that's awesome well at least you can take solace in the fact that you can probably pronounce the word Achilles correctly yeah you know, uh, yeah that's wheel of fortune I know but uh, I'm sure you that. <laughs> That guy actually reached out to me after um, his name Julian Betts, and he reached out to me after I was on um, uh, The Price Is Right, and or, and you can only be on one game show every five years. It's some clause I, I don't understand it, but he reached out to me about. Uh, he, he was also I think studying communications at IU and just shooting, talking about stuff and then our experiences. So yeah, I've I've got a guy. Cool. I didn't ask what was going through his mind, but I talked to him. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and so, yeah, you you went to Purdue, um, obviously studied communications. Um, so uh, we've talked to guys before that, uh, like Markel Jones, wasn't really a Purdue guy before he got to Purdue. Um, then as a player, obviously, he enjoyed the program and, and continued to follow the team and everything afterwards. Uh, Matt Painter was an IU guy growing up uh, and then went to Purdue as well. So um, were you a Purdue guy growing up or were you, did you start off an IU fan transition or, did, or, you know, how did that kind of happen? Yeah. So I'm a third generation Boilermakers. So my grandfather, my grand, my, my grandpa and my dad both went to Purdue. Um, it was the only school I even considered. I applied, cool. I applied to one school, I applied to Purdue and I got in and I accepted in the next day. I don't recommend doing that. Uh, <laughs> uh, and so going into communication, it would, I mean, as you all know, and, and what our, our great university is known for is it STEM, but 
the College of Liberal Arts and the Lamb School of Communication is a is a hidden gem at Purdue that um, yeah. not a lot of not a lot of students know about and are fast track student news and, and just hands on learning with our with the faculty and 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 everyone at, at the Lamb School is fantastic. Um, named after Brian Lamb, the founder of C-SPAN, um, and oh, he wow. wants to get back to to the students and to the university. So uh, I'm yeah, a, there's a big C-SPAN building on the north side of town. Cumberland Avenue and Ken Avenue. Yeah, and the, ar- the archives are there. Um, so we have really, really great resources and faculty and connections to, to Brian Lamb. And he does internships with students a lot. So, um, but I, I knew I always wanted to, to get into news. And of course, in state, you hear about Mall State and the Letterman folks up there. And then I IU's got a, has a strong uh, media school as well. But at Purdue, um, you're able to stand out and and that's what i was what i really liked about the program was that i was able to make a name for myself and have opportunities that not a lot of students have, uh, got to have so i was interviewing mitch when i was a, a sophomore um i would i was interviewing uh painter and um hazel at the time and, and it was it was just really really cool opportunities that that if you were uh if one of dozens and dozens at ball state you're not going to and being at a big grad school carries a lot of weight. So um, love that opportunity. It, it was fantastic and um, I re- really enjoyed it. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, well, it's cool to know uh, about that history and everything to know more about the the communications program, because like you said, it's a hidden gem. I didn't know uh, about a lot of that. I had no clue about the, the C-SPAM um, connection there, but that that's really cool. Um, and then so to kind of uh, piggyback off of uh, off of talking about communications and everything. Um, being somebody that's live a lot, you know, there's anything can happen when you're live. Um, you know, uh, funny things, crazy things, whatever. <laughs> What's like your funniest, uh, you know, memory that you have on air? Or fun? It can be fu- the funniest, the craziest, like most wild thing that's happened to you while you're on air live. Well, I'll say that a lot happens in commercial breaks. A lot. <laughs> people people running in, people, things coming into the studio, um, conversations that you probably should not be having when you have a microphone on. I mean, that's how you can like mic slip things. They're, it's because your, your TV anchor that you're watching is, is in those commercial breaks to talk about things they should. But for me, um, I was, so after I, left Purdue after I graduated. I stayed in town at WLFI affiliate market 187 out of 207. So almost as small as you can get as far as TV markets go. If you think New York one, LA two, Chicago three, all the way down to somewhere in Montana is 207. Um, so, so West Lafayette's pretty small. It's an interesting TV market because, um, it is if you live in Tiffany County, you get NBC, ABC, and Fox uh, traditionally from Indianapolis. So the CBS affiliate, WLFI, is who you'd get. And so people really, the ratings for WLFI are really good because if they want local news, they they turn that on. Um, but but also it's a small market, so small staff, small budget. Um, there was a, uh, a morning. I was anchoring with um, uh, Gina Quattrochi, long time. The, she's fantastic. She was awesome. Um, but she had called, or she was um, she was off. It was a Monday morning. And I went to my wife's uh, 
family's house and we were down there came back um I, you i have to wake up had to wake up 2 30 in the morning it was the morning and noon anchor um but gina was off so it's just me and i got uh, food poisoning or something oh no we had uh but i it was just me so i, I and, and the news had to go on and the I, power on yeah power on. so i uh i vomited four times in commercial breaks and you could see it and you could see it on my face like oh, and you could tell like if you were watching you could tell that kid's sick like he's <laughs> he, yeah. he is not feeling well but that was probably the worst uh it wasn't very funny but i mean we had uh, we had um we would do pet of the week on on friday afternoons and we'd have these these nasty animals from the animal shelter come in and just throw mm. they would throw up in the basket they were brought them in and i'd have to act like i it, it was <laughs> if they get loose and they'd run it, it was chaotic. improv on the fly like that i'm sure is always difficult not always a glamorous lifestyle that's for sure yeah that's, that's tough yeah. um yeah and i feel like you're like you know when you're when you're puking like that too like when you're dry heaving you know you can like your eyes can get bloodshot you know all that stuff so oh yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's the worst yeah. makeup people are working overtime <laughs> i had uh you you wear makeup as, as an anchor and so i had like makeup sweat running down my face it was so bad. <laughs> yeah Terrible. that's tough mm. yeah so uh kind of going along with that you know purdue folks are familiar with your story went to purdue went into tv ended up moving away and now you're back working media relations and someone else who's went to purdue and now work works in town and uh serves the city um kind of uh What's that feeling like, you know, to to come back and work for a university or work in a town that's so instrumental in kind of your upbringing, shaping how you are? Absolutely. I uh, Greater Lafayette, there it's one of the best places you can live, work, play anywhere and in, in anywhere in the country. Um, and so when I moved after WFI, I went to Cincinnati. Um, to continue my career. Uh, I was an anchor, I was a reporter and anchor at the Fox affiliate in Cincinnati. And, you know, I was, I was in, increasingly homesick. Cincinnati is a great town. Oh my God. I, I've been, I'm, I'm a Reds fan. I've been a Reds fan my whole life. Um, I lived in between the ballpark and Paul Brown stadium. Like we were, I, I was there for the Super Bowl run. It was just, it was, oh, wow. really, uh, it was just such a cool town, good food, good beer, good, everything. Awesome town. But, my heart was somewhere else, you know. Uh, my my wife and I got married. She was finishing her PhD, and so um, we were we would live we lived apart for um, nearly a year. When I would go back to back to Indiana on weekends, we don't flip weekends back and forth, but um, just grew increasingly home, more homesick. And it was thank goodness it was well it was the COVID year that uh, I missed. All the basketball games and then in 2021 i missed all the band i hadn't missed the men's basketball game since 2012 so and it was oh, wow. it, it it i would come back for football games because there was only six or seven of them but other than that it, it was just really really uh a bummer my heart was a my heart, my heart was back in indiana uh, and so when uh, my wife graduated we um were able to she got a job at riley children's hospital downtown and I knew it was time to get back home. My ultimate goal all along was to work in Indianapolis and be an anchor at a TV station in Indianapolis. But the more we got talking, the more, I mean, we want a family. We want 
to not not work holidays and in TV you're working holidays you're working 7 p.m. on a Saturday um, I mean, it's and when it's it's not a, not as, again not as glamorous as, as people think it is uh, and it's and you're you're covering tough stuff and uh, I mean the pay is not great and ultimately it was we I wanted a better quality of life um, I understand all those things. Yeah. And, and, I, and the thing is, I think so many of us are right now where it's like we've come through a pretty tumultuous two, three years and what, quality of life is far more important than paycheck and whatever, whatever, living where you want to live is putting your roots down important people. So um, an employer just starting to see that. But Purdue um, was on, on the university side. I worked with WLFI with the media relations team. Um, and they were expanding and reached out to me uh, about a role, and um, it kind of just fell in line, and it was good timing. Um, with my wife graduating, we were able to move back. So um, it's been fantastic, everything I could have wanted, and I, I, we couldn't be happier because um, we're actually, this was the first Thanksgiving and Christmas I had off. Yeah. Um, oh, that's yeah. awesome. I work yeah, in yeah. public service in the city, so I understand those. Uh, it's nice having those holidays off and the weekends yeah. off when you get the opportunity to. You get it. <laughs> yep. Well, we have to do our shot for a second. So, um, fifteen seconds, dude. Yeah. I was. Uh, I like had a little burp uh, after I drink <laughs> water, and all I could just taste was this hot sauce. This is this yes. is gonna be rough. My stomach hasn't stopped turning, so this is fun. <laughs> Yay. There you go. So what is it in media relations at Purdue? Like, like, can you explain that job a little bit and then kind of what you enjoy about it? Oh, yeah. So I am essentially great things about Purdue to media across the country, state, local, national, um, whatever it may be. So um, I am. I act as the the deputy spokesman. So I'm the number two under the spokesman for the university. So all media relations um, follows through our office. Um, so whether it's uh, a major announcement like a presidential transition, or whether it's some awesome um, cancer drug that the FDA just approved from a Purdue researcher, or whatever it may be. Um, it is, it's my job to, um, to promote and to pitch. Uh, we also deal with crisis communication, um, glamorous stuff as well. Um, and all media requests come through our office. Uh, so whether it's a request to speak to, or, or when, it, when it was Mitch, um, it comes to us, um, whether it's for the college of H HHS, engineering, agriculture, whatever it may be, um, and our office also sends out and distributes press releases too. So all communication from the university kind of runs through us. Um, and I focus more on the pitching and the, that, that aspect of it to, uh, to get major national media placements, um, the wall street journal. Going to be like, Hey, look at this. Exactly. Um, and, and the good thing is, I, I mean, I don't have to pitch too hard because Purdue is so great and people know the brand and, and it's, we've, it's been built into a, a world-class R1 university that people know and respect. And so when an email comes in that a Purdue researcher has done blank, they know it carries weight. Um, yeah. 
three names. The, the name kind of precedes itself. Right. Yes. Put it. And correct me if I'm wrong. Did Mitch go to PRF, the, the research oh, foundation? He is. Uh, he is still on the. He, he was. He held the position even when he was president. He was the the head of the board of PRF. So he's Mung asked him to stay on with that role. Okay. okay so, cool. Yeah, cool. it's good to have him still within the university in some aspect and uh, yes. continuing to maintain the success that he's he's carried for the last 10 wow. years. And that's the the cool thing is I know he's still he's 10 days in the job, but Mung is going. So Mitch got Purdue launched and it's taken. But Mung's going to take us to space. I mean, he is the momentum is continuing. Um, it is. There is no other university like Purdue right now with the, the direction we're headed, the um, the uh, the persistence and, and everything that that we stand for um, in, in students and faculty and athletics and everything. It's such a good time. And I don't say that blowing smoke up here as an employee. I know, I know simply alone, a lot of parents are super happy because we've had 11 years or whatever of a tuition freeze. And that in itself puts Purdue on a map when everybody else is juicing tuition up 10 to 15% in the last 10 years to not raise it at all. The demand for Purdue degree has never been more. It starts with tuition. It gets, I mean, free, the free speech commitment on campus, um, the, the acquisition of Purdue Global, um, part, of the, part of Purdue's land grant mission is to make an education accessible and affordable for all. And that means the millions of Americans that, have partial college credit that maybe never finished a degree. Uh, there, we just had a, a commencement for Purdue Global on campus uh, in October, and I mean it's 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 grandparents and 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 in in, in West Lafayette, it's parents typically sitting in the audience watching their kids graduate. On in Purdue Global, it's kids in the audience watching their parents graduate. It's really cool, and it's. I love and, that. It's, it's completely different than any other experience and uh, being able to do it all online. Uh, it's, it's a really, really neat, I mean, Purdue umbrella and it's, and these people are getting a Purdue degree in the weight that it carries. So pretty cool. I, mean, I love to hear about the, uh, the Purdue global, um, the commencement ceremonies, because that I think really encompasses Purdue in, in an essence, because those, those are the blue collar workers. Those are the people that, have to had to work their tails off to get that degree while managing just life in general. Um, you know, I'm a recruiting coordinator. And so I talk to people on a daily basis uh, and, and people that are, you know, in their thirties and forties and going back to school and, and managing that and a family of five and all, and then just life in general, all the crazies that, that, that it throws at us. So that's, that's awesome uh, yeah. to hear about that. I think that's really cool. Um, and I think that really, just is Purdue in a nutshell right there. You know, those are the, those are the blue collar nose to the grindstone kind of people. So that's really cool. Yeah. I love that we waited till we had like our most professional guest from a media standpoint on to do something as dumb as chugging. Hot sauce. <laughs> like I'm up here trying not to throw up and be talking about like parents getting degrees while their kids watch <laughs> And I'm like, I'm sweating. I'm like, I'm dying. You're holding it together so well. <laughs> oh, I'm you just next week with your guest, your your major guest you got. <laughs> take some, oh, uh, take some, take some notes from Trevor here, man. He he was puking in buckets uh, in between uh, commercials. Yeah. So you gotta. That's true. That's true. We'll just hide so. your camera. 
Yeah, right. Yeah, I, we can shut the camera off. We'll be all right. I'll mute it. Yeah, um, we'll be good. So, um, yeah, so we've talked a lot about your um, your media time, a lot of your post Purdue time, but I want to go back to mm. some of your time at Purdue. Um, and one of the notable things that you were involved with at Purdue was the Glee Club. And so I was just interested in, um, you know, I've listened to you talk about it a time or two and some of the trip you've taken. Um, but I was just interested to hear, you know, what was your favorite destination or maybe one of the coolest destinations you got to go to or, or be a part of with the yeah. Glee Club? Well, speaking of another hidden gem on campus, the Purdue Musical Organizations. So Purdue doesn't have a music school. So you have a bunch of smart kids coming to Purdue, uh, engineers that have this are wired in a certain way that love music, want to continue singing, want to play in the band, whatever it may be. And that's why our All-American Marching Band is so good. They're not getting credit for it. They're doing it because they love it. And that's wow. kind of how PMO worked as well. So um, I started as a freshman in the Glee Club. Um, I, I performed in high school and wanted to continue that into college and um, traveled, literally traveled the world with the, the, the Purdue Glee Club. Met my wife in the, in the Purduettes. She was the, the manager of the Purduettes and I was the manager of the Glee Club our senior year. Um, and my closest friends now were all Glee Clubbers. Uh, it's, it's, it's essentially a fraternity in, in its own right. Um, and we we would perform 30 to 40 times a semester. Every weekend we were traveling the state wow. at least. Wow. Spring break, fall break, go um, yeah, a little further. But um, And then we were uh, we would sing at all commencements. That was and it, when you guys graduated, the Glee Club. Mm -hmm. Sang, sang all the commencements. It was I watched every person graduate. It was it was miserable, but um, <laughs> but it, it was it's it a lot of graduations. Yeah, <laughs> it was cool to, yeah. to be to represent the university in that fashion. And we um, sang at presidents' council events. I and then they would the presidents' council members would house us in their million dollar mansions in Naples and. Well, and yeah. Crazy. Um, the, the, the shoulders, the elbows we were able to bump into. Like I sat at tables with CEO of John Deere and, and just just cra crazy people that the average student wouldn't normally get to run into. But um, we uh, yeah performed all, all across the all across the world and then the pre Christmas show every every December um, as well. We uh, probably some of my favorites. Um, my senior year, we went to a Poland, Latvia, Lithuania, and Estonia, and and right. and sang. That was our, our international tour. Um, it was incredible. But we went out to San Francisco and and sang for uh, a lot of people out there. Uh, we did Florida several times, St. Louis, um, Chicago. I, I mean, we. But, but honestly, the best, some of the of, of my most favorite concerts we did were little tiny auditoriums in Argus, Indiana, or uh, in down in, in in Southern Indiana, in Jeffersonville, and New Albany. And um, again, we the cool thing was for when you're a senior, if you can organize it, you get a home show. So we would go to the hometown of all of our seniors and perform at their high school. Nice. And um, you got to see towns well they treat you like you're a star like you're a star athlete kind of like um devin mockaby's treated in boonville that's how that's how we were for the glee club and we're like we're just a bunch of dweebs like you don't have to do <laughs> um no it was it was like those smaller shows bring some of that that intimate setting oh. where it's close yeah. and everybody's you can see the reactions on everybody's face and stuff yeah. Packed house and and yeah. then and they would make you food beforehand and it was always whatever oh, the towns cool. 
food was. We had oh wow the steaks that literally, however we wanted it cooked ahead of time. It, it just it was unbelievable. And we awesome. we we'd bring the Purdue buses down there, and people thought you were a major celebrity. So that's um, so cool. Yeah, but the music we sang was fantastic. It was if you ever have a chance to listen to Glee Club, it's one of the best sounds you'll ever hear. I mean, we sang and, and all we sang with IU singing Hoosier several times, and the Ho- singing Hoosier fantastic group, but they're all um, soloists. They're all music majors. They're they're really really good at what they do, but they don't they don't blend well because they all are soloists, and, and we would sing with them and blow them out of the water. And <laughs> That's right. Way to way to sneak that in there. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, they, it, it was a, a really cool four years. And if you ever have a chance to see the Glee Club or the Perduettes or the Handbells or the University Choir, go to the, the Handbells are really cool. Bells are cool, and, and people don't realize we have them either. Um, so yeah, it's worth worth. Um, for for the three of us and for anybody listening to, what's the best way to? find out about those concerts. Cause like yeah. for myself, I'm located down in Indiana right now. So I think it'd be really cool. There you go. They did a little small concert down here. Uh, Purdue alumni club of Falls city. I think uh, whatever the Purdue alumni club down there brought us down to Jeffersonville, New Albany every year. We rotate high schools. Um, okay. I would go, the, the best way is to fo- follow PMO on, on social media, Twitter and Instagram. They're really, really good about putting out their, their uh, where they're going to be. I know the the Glee clubs, you know, the Purdue Wets just got. They went to Hawaii last spring break. The per, the Glee clubs going out to um, San Francisco this spring break. So, oh, wow. um, nice. we were in New York. I mean, the, and it's all across the country too. So, but on, on a lot of weekends, we're tra- They were traveling in state. Awesome, cool, good deal. So, um, of course, you know, again, we've talked about how you know while you're slapper, you got involved with hosting at Ross Aid. Um, you know, and you talked about working your way up to to Ross Aid, so it could be maybe a, um, you know, you give insight into some of the other sports that you you did as well. But um, for football specifically, you know, what is a day in the life of Trevor Peters when you're being the in-game host? Because I I've heard before you've talked about it being an all-day commitment, but I haven't heard much the breakdown of like, you know, I show up at this time, spend two hours doing this, two hours doing this, and then the game happens, and then all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, I, I'll say this. So I, um, I started as a senior at Purdue. I, I, I just saw a, an ad that athletics had put out about, about the opportunity to host. And so I saw my junior year, my senior year, I, um, did women's basketball. Um, I did soccer, um, softball and baseball. So I would, um, a, a lot of those sports and I would, um, I would host. And then they, they typically had students be the host for football and men's basketball. Well, when I got the job at WLFI and I was staying in town, they had lost their uh, student that was doing football. So they asked, and they didn't have anyone on the pipeline underneath. So they asked if I'd stay on and do football. Um, so I, my first football season was the year after I graduated. So 20, it would have been a 2017 football season. Um, and that was, um, it, it was awesome. And so I've done it every year since I was, uh, I got the 2018 was the year I got to meet Tyler Trent, the first, the, the first when he was camping, when he, before he became, uh, the household name, I met him when he was camping out for the, um, uh, it was the Michigan game, I believe that year. Nice. Uh, and got to meet him and, and knew the kid had a story. And that's when, 
I think it was Mike Carmen at the JNC that discovered it and published the first story and everything. We just and I was working in media then, so I got to to cover his cover his story and everything. But um, so a, a typical Saturday is I uh, I get I get there about three hours before. So if if it's a noon kickoff, I'm there by nine, um, and we have a a camera meeting um, down in the the so the control room for Ross A and for Mackie is in the basement of Mackie. There's a um, uh, a control room there, and the Hall of Music staff runs the the jumbotron and runs the cameras uh, on the field and on court. Um, and so we have a camera meeting and go over uh, what the run of show is. So. Um, the Chris Pelliadod and the team at Purdue Marketing and Fan Experience—they're um, awesome, and they're—they are always thinking. I mean, you saw it with the um, Caleb first, Buddy the Elf stuff. Uh, that's all their team, and they're, they're always thinking of new ways to incorporate fans and promos, things, giveaways, things like that. And so they're the ones that organize the the competitions. Um, Really, really fun. I, I mean, the St. Elmo's cocktail eating contest is probably the shrimp cocktail eating contest, probably my favorite every year. Um, they used to do the um, the when they would put all the Purdue Pete's in the um, Leroy Keys, Drew Brees outfit and have them run on a legends race, they called it. Uh, there's just there's just been a lot of cool things over the years that have been really fun. Um, but yeah, we uh, so I get down and we have we have a meeting, um, the camera meeting, and then uh, we go. I, I get on the field with about twenty three on the clock before kickoff is my first hit, where it's just the live intro after the um, the team runs off uh, after warmups goes back in the locker room is when we start, and I typically have um, two or three hits per quarter in the media timeouts um, and. Everything from the, uh, I mean, the this year there's the banana giveaway. There's uh, the the Meyer tailgate trivia stuff like that. We also we record two things before the tailgate trivia and the item of the game beforehand. Um, just to know those are those aren't live, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it really is uh, a, a really cool opportunity that I don't take for granted, and I. Uh, the best part about the job, and and I call it a job. It's not even a job. I do it. I, I do it like it's. It just. It's a. It's a blast. But the best part about it is getting to meet the students because yeah. the kid, the Rossi Brigade this year specifically was unbelievable. The student yeah. leaders. Um, when I was when I was a student, the Rossi Brigade was it was awful. It was it, terrible. It, it wasn't even that we all in the field. It was that like no one cared. The students didn't care, and they were giving away free tickets when, when I was there, but now it's like, it is, they, the students have made that student section into a, a top 10 in the country. Um, and it's all because of, of those student leaders. And I get to know, it's fun. I get to know the kid. It's the same kids that sit in the front three rows, every single game. And I get to know them, and talk to them. And I see them when uh, I saw them at the big 10 championship and got to take with them i see them at the co-rec in the mornings when i go work out they're just they're good they're good kids and uh, they really care about uh pretty sports and making making the environment as good as possible so it's cool and we're going to fit even more in there next year so <laughs> you're going to be yeah. relocating too yep yep 
Yep. God bless Fresno State. Have to deal with that uh, that new student section at Stadium. Yeah. Oh. It's time for another shot, by the way. Oh. oh. So, well, before we do this, because I'm not gonna be able to talk, you guys go ahead. But um, I do have a caveat question to that. Um, Dylan Coons, one of the guys that's usually with us. Oh um, yeah. He also wanted to ask, um, kind of coming off my question, you know, what is your favorite maybe in in game interview or like giveaway? Um, yeah. Or situation there. So, yeah. Well, the my my favorite thing we do every year is the uh, the Saint Elmo's shrimp cocktail eating contest. Um, but probably my all it's one of my all-time favorite the rain games are always my favorite um because it is so miserable and everyone is so wet like and it was there was um east michigan oh uh, that game was awful 2017 i think that, that game was, was awful for multiple reasons yes yes it was um the min, I mean, the Minnesota game where I, it was it was dry until the fourth quarter. And we watched the cloud roll in, and then we all went into Mackey for an hour, and it was just like nonstop. And that was the um, Juwan Bentley pick six. Um, yeah. That game was wild. I mean, the Minnesota game, like last two years ago, uh, but Illinois, the downpour where we lost. In 2019, I think. Anyway, um, those are always just memorable games because um, just because of the weather. But um, I think my the coolest memory I had was I when I got to it was uh, uh, last year, um, so 2021, Illinois, I believe, when um, Drew Brees came back and the whole uh, at the 2000 team came back, and I got to to interview the, him and and uh Aiken Odell and, and all that those guys was just cool because like I grew up watching them and um to to get to meet Drew Brees was neat um oh yeah that's real they really they started doing um the past two years where I, inter- I get to interview the honorary captain um and just some of those Matt White was so cool this year Nick Hardwick uh, these 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 legends that come back and, and just get into spend five, 10 minutes with him and introduce myself and shake Drew Brees' hand. It's, it, you can't, it's off. Um, yeah, it's probably my, my, my favorite experiences, but we've had some bad ones too. Um, the, uh, I, I wasn't a bit, a huge fan of the, um, the legends race because they, uh, I was like, you need to put them on tricycles or something or something. It add another, another element to it because they would just, it was just the pretty peach jogging down the field and it got lame um, at times. Uh, there's been some some ones that haven't come back but it's it's fun i really like the carpool karaoke that was done this year that was was really fun and kicks for Uh, cash kicks for cash is is great and uh, the the kid that the first time we ever did that was vanderbilt in 2018 i believe 2019 um and the kid was dressed up like a duck nailed all three and made the broadcast um, coming out of it, and he won. They weren't giving away a car at that point. It was like five hundred bucks. <laughs> we haven't had anyone win the win the car yet. The two year car lease in the past two years. So I'm hoping, hoping we can get one eventually. Nice. Yeah. And then um, I think this was twenty nineteen as well. Uh, the I think it was like a, or I can't remember what year it was. The hot wing eating competition, and then the uh, the coaches versus the players in like the hamster balls. That was really good too. Yes, the uh, they, 
they're all the, those those are always really good the or they, they did one i can't remember if this was basketball or football where they cracked the egg on the head like the one egg was real mm-hmm. one egg was not mm-hmm. real oh, i think yeah. that was basketball yeah, yeah. probably basketball the draw then where the, where the kids draw the the draw the light the so light drawing yeah awesome well um yeah really cool uh thanks for uh uh letting us ask you all those questions trevor and now we're going to kind of dive into or transition to talking a little bit about everything that's been going on since uh we last met here i think it was december 20th and there's been a lot going on Um, specifically we'll we'll start off with football uh we'll um just briefly you know the the citrus bowl happened uh we don't have to talk about it too much um but there's still a lot to, of exciting stuff going on with football. Um, and it's funny because this is the first time I can recall ever in my Purdue, you know, I've been a Purdue fan for 20 plus years now um, that there's been so much excitement going into an off season. Like even with Brom here, not, not that there was anything wrong with Brom's time here, but there was just not this level of, of excitement. Uh, and I think coach Walters has really uh, brought that, um, you know, keeping up with, not only the transfers that he's been able to bring in, uh, um, you know, like Hudson card uh, out of Texas. Great get. Uh, I think we're all pretty excited to see how that translates onto the field, as well as the the coaching staff that he's been able to compile um, here as well. And I just had that. And I think I accidentally exited out of it. But, you know, guys like uh, a strength and conditioning coach from Michigan, Kiero Small. I think that's a huge, huge addition to the team. Um his you know, name's uh, a lie. He is not a small. <laughs> no, not a small human whatsoever. Um, you know, there's Graham Harrell on the offensive side of things, Kevin Kane defensively. Um, and he's picking up guys from the SEC as well. Uh, guys from Arkansas, from Ole Miss. So uh, pretty exciting stuff going into the to the year. And, and we're seeing all these recruits that are being offered and potentially, you know, coming to Purdue. Um, one guy I'm keeping an eye on that I think uh, did a – I'm guessing he didn't pick Purdue. Did that wide receiver announce his pick today where he was going, that guy from like Hillsdale College? Oh. Yes, I believe he picked Purdue, didn't he? Isn't that the picture oh, we had in our thread? Oh, I didn't see I it today. Know, I didn't I hear anything about that. it. Awesome. Was, well, great. That dude from Texas, uh, Hudson Card, dude. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, Hudson Card, I know he he he's uh committed, but there was a, a wide receiver out of like Hillsdale College. Yeah, um, like six four guy. I didn't know that he had committed to Purdue. So that's awesome yeah. if that's the case. Can't I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Uh I think it's like Tes Tesla, something Tesla or something like that. Um, but that's been really cool. So um, you know, what 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 have your guys' have you guys been feeling about football, you know, uh, now that we're in the off season, now that we're kind of moving towards moving into the Walters area, hashtag Walters wagon. It was said here first. Um, you know, how, how are you guys feeling? I'm excited. Um, I think that there's a little bit of a swagger to a program right now that not that we didn't have before, but it's a little, it's a little bit more evident maybe this time around. Um, Walters is definitely a hundred percent bought into this program. Um, and it's, it's really exciting to see. And he's bringing in, I think what there's one coach over the age of 45, I think mm-hmm. out of the seven coaches that have been hired, which I think is, is cool because you get that, that age gap that kind of still relates to those 18 to 23 year olds, you know, compared to the 60 year old guys that kind of have to proxy out some of that experience. So, 
no, I think it's, I'm excited. I'm excited for next year. And I think, um, not that I think this, this necessarily will happen for Purdue, but I think, uh, uh, Sonny Dykes and what he did at TCU should bring a lot of excitement to Purdue fans because anything can happen, you know, Still blows my mind. a program like TCU that plays in the big 12. It's not like they, they came out of a crappy conference or something. They play a lot of really tough teams. Yeah, it's, and it still blows my mind that Sonny Dykes uh, played collegiate baseball, did not play football, um, right. but then started coaching football um, afterwards. But, yeah, Russ, uh, Trevor, one of you guys, you know, how are you feeling about uh, the new coaching staff, the new regime coming in? You go ahead, Well, <laughs> I um, I was able to – I attended the, the, for the introductory press conference with uh, Walters, and you could just – you can just feel the excitement and the, the swagger the guy has. Um, the, the students, it, it seems like the students are going to buy in. Uh, clearly, his athletes are. Um, I'm pumped. I'll say this. I, I have uh, – so my wife went to Gibson Southern High School. In, um, oh, cool. Right in, down in my neck of the woods. Yeah. North, north of Evansville. And so uh, – Brady Allen was uh, I I knew we knew about Brady Allen for four years before he uh, he committed and we were and I went down we went down and watched him and uh, when I heard Brom was interested in him I was ecstatic the kid has a cannon of an arm he's unreal uh, and then we watched him in the state championship game uh, two years ago but uh, yeah so I got I have a signed Brady Allen football that my wife got for Christmas because her um, uh, her uncle. T- taught it like uh taught his econ class or something like that nice hey, my my uh niece's husband is a big Purdue fan we signed this ball for him so he signed that when he was like 18 17 i don't know if that's even legal oh that's cool um but anyway i, I was ecstatic to see that he was he um saw something in what he saw something in walters that that brought him back um don't know what it was not sure his um, his dad told reporters in, uh, in down in Gibson County that he was a little upset with, I, I guess, with how some things that were moving slow. But um, whatever whatever happened, he got interest. It looks like from Ole Miss and from a couple other places. Whatever it was, he he's going to be our he'll be our future. Whether it's next year uh, if with him and Card if they'll battle it out or what. But no matter what, it's going to be great to have two different options: a mobile quarterback. And a, a guy that just can can sling it downfield. So I'm excited. It's going to be awesome. Uh, and, and just the the, the inner energy and process with the new stadium and everything. It's just it's a new era. It's exciting. So, and one uh, thing. Sorry, Russ. Go ahead. I was just going to say. So Trevor Peters talked Brady Allen into coming back. You heard it here first. Yep, there you go. Right. Connection got him back. <laughs> Tweeting that out now. <laughs> Uh, no, but what I was going to say is that, you know, one thing that I, I really like about Walters is that he's very aware of like the urgency from fan, the fan base, the I'm sure the team as well to get things going, to get the ball rolling, get moving, go, 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 go. But he's also very aware of like, I want to do this and I want to do it right. So I'm going to take my time. I'm going to find guys that fit. Um, what I want to bring to Purdue, uh, I want to bring that swagger. I want to bring excellence to, to Purdue. And so I think he's still moving at a, at a, at a good pace, but I think he's taking his time and he's really, he wants to do it right. And, and, you know, I commend him a lot for, for doing that and not rushing those things. 
Um, cause it could be really easy to grab guys with nice names and, you know, offer them and, and try to bring him here super quick, but he's taking his time and he's, he's putting together a staff of people that are hopefully going to work well to, you know, really, uh, together really well. Uh, you mentioned the players really like him. We, um, have a friend, uh, that we, uh, his alias is Jebediah, uh, on, on the, the team. And it was telling us that the, the players meeting, um, you know, meeting coach and all the coaching staff and everything that they're all, you know, they all love the coaching staff. They're all super pumped up, um, about all that. And so, uh, just seems like he really, really gets it. And it's, it's just really a, a cool thing to hear. He's so calm, cool and collected in interviews. Um, talking about the team, talking about transfers and the NIL stuff. And he just seems like a, a guy that really gets it. And so I, I have hopes, uh, and maybe it's just cause he says a lot of really great buzzwords as well, but I have hopes that, uh, you know, we'll, we'll break that, that eight to nine glass ceiling, uh, in the future. I don't know when it will be. Um, but you know, I, I feel like that can happen with a guy like Walters in here who, man, he won me over the minute he, during that opening, I think it was his in introductory press first conference. Thing he was like, the yeah. first thing out of his mouth, he's like, bring any player back. If you wore the gold and black, you can come back whenever. Yeah. That that and I and I love that he was like, I want my kids to tell people they're from West Lafayette. I thought that was awesome. That gave me goosebumps. Yeah. Yeah. Um so uh there was yeah. nothing nothing negative out of that introductory press conference. Like like I was I was sold. I was like, Okay, I'm ready, let's do whatever we gotta do. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's already, he flipped somebody. Um, I don't know if it was necessarily flipped. I think that he, uh, Jam Jamar, is it Jamarian Harkless or Jakarian Harkless? The, the guy, what do they call him? The chop, uh, yeah, of, uh Auburn. Auburn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think he had an offer to Auburn and I think Hugh Freeze maybe retracted that offer when he, he stepped in there, but big dude. Um, I'm had offers from a lot of other places as well. So that was great that he was able to, to bring him in. So, um, obviously he's a guy of, of the people, the players. Um, so yeah, really, really cool stuff, uh, with all that going on. And I guess there's some cool stuff going on with basketball, you know, it's whatever, thing or two. uh, just a thing or two. Yeah. Um, we were at, we were at the top, we were the Kings of the castle for four straight weeks, which was really cool. Um, and it started off with uh, a tough game against Rutgers. Um, uh, really, really tough Rutgers team. You know, they're they're ranked, I think, third right now in Ken Palm and defense. Very lengthy team. And uh, I've heard a lot, you know, uh, just listening to people. That's a team that Purdue hasn't really come up against a team with so much length and athleticism uh, like Rutgers. Um, so what how did you guys feel during the game? What was what were your guys thoughts on the, the Rutgers game? Go ahead, Russ. Trevor. Yeah. Um, well, I, I want to, sorry, I wanted to finish up a couple of football thoughts too. Um, okay. Yeah. Go but, ahead. Um, yeah. It, I think it's a, um, it's a really exciting time to be a Purdue fan. We keep saying that we've been saying that pretty much since we got started um, the beginning of football season, but um, we, we expected Brom to, to leave at some point. It definitely caught us off guard because it was almost like overnight that it happened, but we've also talked about, you know, and Trevor even mentioned it, that the things Bobinski has been doing and the hires he's been making, have all been on point and have kept us successful as a program. And I think that it's also a Mitch Daniels, and it sounds like Meng Chang's going to continue that that legacy of, you know, yes, we're an academic institution, but the success of sports drives the success of the institution as well. So, you know, it definitely seems like it's it's one of the best times to be a Boilermaker fan right now, that we're, we're going to continue going the same direction that we've been going 
for the last five or six years. And once the dust settled and everybody was all, you know, mad at Brom for leaving and we hired a guy with no head coaching experience, what are we doing? You know, the dust has settled now and people are ready to run through brick walls again for Purdue. So um, I'm definitely very excited about the changes with the football program. So, um, but with basketball, you know, I think we were, you know, I could echo most of the the fan base and saying that that was going to be a nervous game with Rutgers regardless, because, you know, flashback to a year ago when we were ranked number one, you know, that Rus Rutgers squad was the one that knocked us off. So, and it definitely, you know, it was, you know, some of the games we watched this year, we stayed close throughout the game. We're kind of waiting for that, you know, eight to 10 run burst and we're going to pull away and put this team away. But with Rutgers, it was almost like we've got to put them away or they're going to, they're going to end up beating us at the end again. Um, and of course, you know, <clears throat> y'all saw what happened. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. It felt like we, in that second half, um, you know, played a lot better in that second half, pulled it together. Cause I think we we're at, at one point or maybe at halftime down 10 um, or it was, you know, somewhere around there. Um, they pulled it together in that second half, played hard. Um, and it seemed like we would get to within one. We were down by one. We had the ball and maybe we turned it over. We didn't execute on, on a bucket. That was still when we were kind of, um, you know, in the midst of that shooting struggle. Um, but it just felt like we couldn't quite get there. There was always like that one thing that just pulled us back a little bit. <clears throat> yeah. And I definitely think that, that again, painter said it either in the radio show or in post game. I can't remember, but it was, uh, I if, actually, I think it was the, the radio show yesterday said, you know, the only bad part to of the offense is we're missing open shots. And, and that tells me he's seeing the same thing. I think we've talked about a few times that, you know, in that Rutgers game, we make half of our misses. This game's not even close, you know, and two or three of the last couple games that have been close, but it seems like since the second half of Ohio state, we've really figured out that shooting issue or at least making them because um, none of the shots were like bad bricks. It was like half an inch or an inch off from going in. It would rattle in and out. And I'm like, come on, man. But I think they get they're They're figuring it out. And the defense keeps us in it. So I think that's something that we we missed last year. And it's back to the thing we said all year. What does Purdue do when shots aren't going in? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I watched that game from uh, Orlando with a bunch of other sad Purdue fans. Um, yeah. But, what a day for that game to fall on, too. Yeah. 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 That was awful. an awful timing. It was, it was terrible. Um, <laughs> but I've been – I mean, you see uh, – guy. I mean, Fletcher Lawyer has been clutch when he needs to be clutch. Braden oh Smith God. is, is uh, carrying – him and Zach are carrying us right now. I mean, during the Penn State game, there was a time when – like late in the second half when only four guys had scored. It was like it, 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 four guys have scored this game. It was wild. But no matter what, I think you're starting to see, uh, like you said, I mean, our defense is carrying us. Ethan Morton has been strong. Um, Incredible. Next three games when he, he was slow to start the year, but uh, he's come alive. And, and Ethan's doing things that aren't going in the bucket. You know, he's doing the defensive yeah. things, the rebounds, the assists. The, the steal that sealed, I mean, that won us the game against Ohio State. Um, yeah. So yeah, huge. That was amazing. You see you see that, and then Brandon Newman coming off the bench. Caleb first. Our our, our bench is strong. Trey Coffin-Wren's been, been, been phenomenal. Yeah. phenomenal. So, it, and it also, it, I mean, it's 
we're in the thick of it right now, but it, gosh, I'm so excited that we're not walking away from the season losing four of our five starters. I mean, we're we're going to be strong for a while, and that mm-hmm. speaks to mm-hmm. what pain is building. And you saw some, I don't know, some Twitter dude this yesterday put the whole thing about Painter being on the top of the list for Texas. Oh yeah, no <laughs> shot. He's he's built he's built a di- he's built a dynasty at Purdue. He's made it into mm-hmm. one, and uh, he he's he's not leaving. And recruits are seeing it with Miles Colvin in here next year. This team's mm-hmm. gonna cook even more. So I'm enjoying yeah, it. Now. Catchings that kid is nice. Yeah. Enjoying it now, but boy, am I excited for the next three years and beyond. So yeah. Absolutely. And the, like you said, the fact that this our uh, potentially our entire starting lineup could come back if, if Zach, you know, decides to return um, and, and nobody transfers out could come back. And then you add in miles, the athleticism of miles Colvin jr. Um, yeah. I, and I think it, yeah, it could just be insane. And these guys are just, especially the freshmen, like, like lawyer and, and Smith, you know, they went into a very hostile away game environment. Uh, I don't care what anybody says. That was not a neutral site game whatsoever. I'm glad the NCAA um, made that decision today. Yeah, at Penn State, um, which just, I don't know. It was just the whole situation is just kind of weird to me. Um, but, you know, go, walking into that environment, I would say that's probably the more hot, mo- one of the more hostile environments they've played in this year. I know Nebraska was pretty intense, but, um, you know, in a, in a game like that, coming off of two really, really close games um, for and one of my favorite plays that I don't feel like is talked about enough. Like, yeah, Fletcher hit a lot of great shots. He was balling. There's, there's one move where he, he does like a, he does like a crossover and he steps back and shoots the three right in that guy's eye. Oh my God. But whenever he dives for that loose ball to like tip it up the court, and then I think it was Gillis or somebody else takes it down, you know, for the counterattack, that is so huge. And he got laid out. He put his body on the line for that. Like he took a shot. And that makes that it reminds me of Braden Smith when he dove for that loose ball to like tip it out to the other side of the court when I can't remember who we were playing. It might have been West Virginia. West Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. West Virginia. Um, I will say, and I agree with the field of 68 had a clip today, and I know they're very hot and cold on Purdue. But I would agree that this was the most important week of the season since PK eighty five to lose number one by one point at home and to turn around and go to two wildly hostile environments and pull out wins one being close and one being as hostile as we'll probably see all year was was really really impressive. Yeah, against top half of the Big Ten teams, you know, against teams that are that are probably going to make some noise come March. Yeah, so huge, huge, yeah. And, you know, I love that, that Trevor brought it up is, you know, this is still a young team. This team's playing, you know, we talk about Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer playing like seniors. Trey Kaufman Wren's a redshirt freshman. Caleb First yeah. is a sophomore. Like, you know, he did the elf thing and he's, I feel like he's been on campus for eight years. Like he's like the next Robbie Hummel, but yeah. he's only a sophomore. He's got two more years still. You know, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy to think that this team were nitpicking on things and they got the number one and, they still could be the same team for the next two years. And I will, I'll also add in too that, and nothing to take away from last year's team, but this team seems way closer, way more tight knit, way more together. Like it's very much of like, everybody knows what everybody else's job is. And it's not, again, not taking anything away from last year's team, but it's not guys trying to do their own thing. 
Yeah. And you know, we gotta, we gotta wonder was Zach Eady's mom making meals for the team last year? That, that could be, that could be the difference. <laughs> I just thought, did you see it? That they just put that, uh, that video out. Yeah. Yep. That's what yep. uh, I saw the that journey video. Yep. Yeah. The I love it. She really is that she needs a shirt that says like team mom or something. She needs to walk in with like a, the cooler full of Gatorade and, and snacks and like or, orange slices for all the kids. Yeah. <laughs> But we got a big week this week because we've got Nebraska at home. Nebraska mm-hmm. home. And then Michigan, Michigan State, State on Monday. Yep. And I don't know who's after that, but it'll be an it'll be another big week. But I think we're we play in a conference that it's never not a big week. It's always especially, you know, I've got a game on right now. Oklahoma's up by one on number two Kansas with 12 minutes to go. Like any the the parody in college basketball right now is so so close that anybody can knock off any team regardless. Yeah, I mean, we I think you posted a second ago in our group chat that Michigan State just beat Wisconsin tonight. Mm-hmm. So, that's a big win. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just it's Go ahead, a, though, Trevor. I think I cut you off well, there. At some point and I was looking uh, at the rest of Houston's schedule the rest of the year. They play two quad one team like like yeah. it's it's Gonzaga it's, out of the American Yes. And so if, again, that's someone, I saw a quote that if they lose any game the rest of the season, it's devastating and they drop substantially. So, and they still got 12 games left, whatever. So we, um, the opportunity, just because we're not number one, doesn't mean we're not the strongest team in the country. And, and I, and I yeah. truly believe that. And, and whatever, if, if we get to March and we're ranked three, four, and we have the, number one seed in the East or whatever, we'll be all right. We'll be fine. Just worried about seeding for March, not about AP polls. Yeah, I was, I was going to just agree with Trevor that, that we can almost forget about the AP poll now. You know, we, we it, it stinks that we lost the number one ranking, but, you know, Houston's probably going to hang on to it for a while. And even if they falter, you know, Kansas has become a media darling again. UConn's story is up there. Even Alabama, you know, we all we got to do is worry about taking care of business in the Big Ten. And even if we – you know, end up, you know, with a four loss, five loss conference record, the number of quad one wins and the resume we'll have put together can still put us on the one line. And one of the regionals is Louisville again. So we can go turn the Yum Center into Mackey South again and and try to get, get, try to get to Houston. So, and kind of on that same point that Trevor brought up about Houston, if they lose one, it's absolutely catastrophic to their chances. We saw this week, we lost to an unranked Rutgers team won two other good games in the week and only dropped two spots. I mean, I don't think we're, I think we play in such a strong conference right now that a loss isn't as catastrophic as it could be for some other programs. Yeah. And, it, and it's one loss. Like we're, we're sitting at 15 and one right now and it's a by one single point uh, as well. I think it just stung a lot because it was in Mackey and, and I, uh, you know, Mackey's like sacred ground. We don't lose. I think in it stung a lot for me because it was Rutgers again. Yeah, it could I mean, have that, been Michigan that, State. It could have been anybody, but being Rutgers again, I was like, "Gosh, dang!" Yeah, I mean, it was just a bad day in, in general. You start the day <laughs> off with the Citrus Bowl, um, and then you you turn on the pregame coverage, and all they're talking about is how Rutgers knocked us off last year as number one, and that's all that they talk about during the cast and everything. It was just like writing on the walls, like um, uh, when uh, for the NFL, in the NFL, for example, I, I'm like a sometimes a conspiracy theorist with that stuff. I feel like some things are just rigged. Um, uh, and when the Vikings were down by 33 to the Colts at halftime, they kept talking about nobody's ever come back from such a deficit. No one <laughs> could ever do it. 
I go, I'm putting five bucks on the comeback right now. <laughs> and they ended up, you know, it was like, it was like plus 5,000. So it was a, it was a nice payout. Yeah. Um, but almost unheard of like a Cowboys playoff win. <clears throat> right. Oh, did I say that loud? Unnecessary oh. shot, but <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, block the star there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> can't go ahead and cover that up. Um, yeah, just a really, I mean, yeah, Russ, you said it earlier. We, we've been saying it all year. It's such an exciting time to be a Boilermaker. Um, I think this is what, you know, in the those early 2010s uh, seasons, football and basketball, this is kind of what we hoped and dreamed and knew that Purdue athletics could be. This, you know, turning into, we're turning that page, we're turning that corner into um, being a, uh, we're being a, we're a powerhouse in basketball. I, I'll just go ahead and say that. And we're turning the, I think we're taking steps to get there in football. I don't, um, maybe powerhouse is a strong word, but we're taking steps to be a strong, consistent team in football. Um, so just a, a super exciting time. Um, uh, just want to say, uh, we'll go ahead. Does anybody have any final thoughts before I wrap us up here? I'll echo Trevor's thoughts, uh, kind of going along with what you said that, um, the unsung hero of the athletic program is Bobinski, and that dude doesn't get enough credit. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, Trevor, we just want to thank you so much for for coming on here tonight, man. It was uh, a great conversation. Loved to not only hear your perspective on just being a Boilermaker through and through growing up and, and going to Purdue, um, but just hearing about the media aspect of, of things and, you know, stuff not a lot of people know about. It was really cool to hear about all that, your experiences while you were at Purdue, um, you know, your, your thoughts on basketball and football. Great as well. Uh, so appreciate your time. We appreciate you being on here, on here tonight, uh, for everybody tuning in. Uh, we appreciate you as well. This has been a, a really, uh, fun episode, even though we've been having to drink hot sauce throughout the entire thing. Um, you know, we, we've made it through, um, and super exciting stuff. Uh, we're not going to go ahead and we're not going to say who our guest is yet next week, but we will drop some hints. Um, I think that can really help narrow it down. So if you look at the silhouette that we posted on our, our on our Twitter this past week, as well as uh, these two hints here, um, he was drafted in our football players draft. If you go back and watch that episode, you know, you can you can kind of narrow it down with just that list in general. Um, he was drafted in our football players draft of our Mount Rushmore, who are our, uh, our, our offensively skilled players uh, would be, um, which I think I just gave away a bigger um, clue there. And then uh, currently plays in the NFL as well. So those are the two hints. Um, we are absolutely stoked for, for that guest next week as well. But he's got big shoes to fill um, after having Trevor Peters on here. Um, yeah, Trevor, thank you so much for being on here. Everybody watching, boiler up, hammer down, and go Boilers. Yes, sir. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. Peace.